Welcome to Real Talk JavaScript, the weekly talk show with advice and insight into the technologies and practices currently being used to build web applications in the real world. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Wallen, and John Papa talk to industry experts about their experiences writing, deploying, and maintaining web applications in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome back to Real Talk JavaScript. This is episode 47. That's 47. And our topic today is, will web components replace JavaScript frameworks? Hmm. Clickbait. <laughs> and our favorite clickbait host, Ward Bell. How you doing, Ward? Ah, click me, man. <laughs> oh, man. You've got a lot uh, going on these days, and you've, you've done quite a bit with components, haven't you? Me? Components? Yeah. Puh. <laughs> web components regular components what's the difference are we going to learn yeah, about that i'm sure hoping that our guest is going to tell us all about it yeah i know nothing about javascript anymore these days long weekends will do that for you you know <laughs> jeez john is it that bad it really is it really your is vacations have erased your brain <laughs> You know, I've been college hunting with my kids lately and doing like the summer doctor office visits with my kids. And it just feels like every day is a new adventure. It makes you feel like you could do college all over again and maybe do it better this time. Though, you right? know, college is a lot cooler now than what I went. Like the dorm rooms we're seeing, they're, they're like penthouses. I'm like, Don't I didn't stay in one of these. me started. About, oh my gosh. No one, I mean, this is what's happened to, we're completely off topic, but this is why the uh, costs of colleges have gone up in America. They're competing with each other to be country clubs, to have more facilities. This you know, I was thinking that. maybe I'll and just go what's and happened to there. teaching? Yeah. What's happened to teaching? teaching you know, what's that? Socrates used to like sit in a dirt circle with everybody and they would just sit in there and they would talk, you know, but, and I was there. I was there. And as Socrates once said, I drink what? <laughs> <laughs> I forget what movie that was from. But, uh, uh, Socrates. <laughs> maybe it was Bill and Ted's. But anyway. Uh, today, our topic is about web components, and our guest is the amazing, wonderful, awesome, incredible Sherry List. How are you doing, Sherry? I'm doing fine. Thanks for inviting me. I'm super excited to be here. And to give everybody a chance to get to know you, too, like we know you, here's Sherry's bio. For the past 15 years, Sherry has worked with a variety of web technologies. She lives in beautiful Copenhagen. I can attest to that. It is beautiful. Where she works as an Azure developer technical lead at Microsoft, and apart for everyday job, She's a co-organizer of the NG Vikings and NG Spain conferences, as well as some meetups, groups, and other things with NG in front of them, like NG Copenhagen. She loves animals, supports various nonprofits, and other animal protection organizations. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So you do you do a lot. I mean, that's how we met was through all these different events and uh, nonprofits yeah, that you yeah. run. That's where I've I've run into you. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, the thing is that um, um, I personally believe that I was super lucky to meet a lot of supportive and interesting people in my life. And Plus me and Ward, yeah. Yeah, yeah of then, course, yeah, of us. course. But, you know, there's no accounting for things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then I had a lot of support during my career as a web developer. Actually, I started working when I was 16 years old. That was my first full-time job that I got as a developer. And I was super lucky to have, actually, my cousin hired me. 
And, and then uh, through there, I have always a lot of support. And at some point, I found that, okay, now I put, I reached the point that I can be the person to supporting other people. That's how, that's how I actually started doing all of these community works. Wow. Yeah, I, I think the first time I met you in person might have been NG Vikings. I guess so. I believe we met before that at Angular, Angular Connect. Connect. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that's okay. how we got invited yeah, yeah. by you to <laughs> NG Vikings. And just for <laughs> folks who don't know, what what does NG even stand for anymore? No good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nutella goodness? <laughs> that's a good oh. one. <laughs> so it's like it's like the angular abbreviation, right? Without the A, I, I think. I, I guess, guess so. so. Sometimes I we use abbreviations, so. we don't even know what they're for. <laughs> nice guy. <laughs> nice guy. Nice girl. Nice girl. Nice gal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's anyway. The, anyway, for those who don't know, uh, you can't start with an A, but you can take the NG that comes after Angular. So Gotcha. So if React did that, it would be EA? EA. EA. Like EA Sports? <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And Vue would be UE? UE. Yeah. Not too... <laughs> Not working. Not working. Oh, my gosh. Doesn't work at all. Anyway, so you've organized a lot of these different events. And I'm, one thing I've, I'm always wondering is being an organizer of different meetups and different conferences, you get to look at a lot of submissions, talk to a lot of speakers, and you speak yourself and do a lot of technical content. You must get a really diverse experience across these technologies. What do you hear about web components uh, and kind of what they're doing these days? Well, to be fair, I would say that um, web components, I can see that uh, exactly as you just mentioned, that based on all the submissions that you get, they were very uh, popular in the Angular conferences, to be honest. Uh, but since you go out from the Angular community, uh, in the other JavaScript com- uh, conferences, actually you don't see that much of adoption over there. Unless you go, of course, to the Polymer community and those on. But for example, specifically, as I noticed, and I was talking to another friend of mine that was running React communities is not there yet. And also, you can say that um, there is a website called Custom Elements Everywhere. You can go and see that the status of adoption in the uh, web components in the different frameworks. And if you notice, if you Check there. You can see that, for example, React still doesn't support it fully. Can, can you guys start for a second? Because what if uh, what if somebody of our listeners doesn't know what a web component is? Can we say what it is in a couple of seconds sentences? Web components basically is a collection of web standards that allow you to create components uh, that use the browser uh, abilities. And uh, no matter that, where you use it, it's going to actually, it's going to just work by importing it in your project. So this kind, these standards that I'm referring to are ES6 modules and HTML template and also the custom elements and Shadow DOM. And uh, if you're using the Shadow DOM, it's going to, uh, uh, Shadow DOM gives you abil- uh, ability to uh, to create an encapsulated component, which means that it actually helps you to stay aware from the global CSS. And no matter that what happens in the global CSS, uh, your component is going to behave the same. 
And the custom elements is allows you to create your custom HTML tag. Whereas that, for example, in Angular, we're also using that to have, uh, for example, that my dash shiny button. So <laughs> yeah. that ability comes from the custom elements. And HTML templates, we also use it a lot in a different uh, frameworks as well. That allows you to create a template that you can basically just clone it and use it anywhere without browser rendering it multiple times. This is actually one of the abilities that people are not aware of it, and it allows you to uh, improve your performance as well. And as for the, uh, the ES6 modules, that we all know that, it allows you that, for example, later on when you create your component, you can just basically import it to your project and then use it. So in a very high level, this is the web component. If I were boiling it down, I would sort of say it's for, it's like a way of, it's a, it's a browser standard or an mm -hmm. HTML standard. Let's you create your own elements with just HTML and JavaScript and no other framework. So if you don't want any stinking framework, in theory, you could just write it all in raw HTML and JavaScript and ha, 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 no, look, ma, no framework. That's that's so that it's true. You can totally create it without a new framework involved. Right. In so it. we don't need this Vue and Angular and React stuff. We just write in web components, right? Well, to be fair, I tried to do it. I tried to create my web component without having any any framework involved, and I reached the point that I have to take care of everything on my own. For example, when you create a when you create a um, web component, that it gets one input. Let's say that you have an you have a button. You can pass the name of button to it. Uh, normally, when you when you use a framework, the framework is going to get the input and then call the run the callback uh, to get the your view updated as well. If you don't do that, you have to take care of all of these things on on your own, which I'm not sure is always the best way. To be fair. Hey, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Hi, folks. Ward Bell here. I'd like to tell you about a wonderful tech conference coming up in Las Vegas in November, Dev Intersection. Dev Intersection is for web application developers, uh, especially those of you working at the intersection of Microsoft and Angular technologies. John, Dan, and I will be speaking there. So are a lot of bright, thoughtful, and really friendly speakers who know their stuff and who really want to meet you. The talks are great. The workshops are killer. John and Dan have a great workshop on Angular. But the conversations you'll have in the hallways, lunchroom, and after-hours events with speakers and fellow attendees, those conversations are gold. They're why you need to go to a conference and not just watch one on TV. So join us at Dev Intersection, November 18th through 20th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Learn more and register at www.devintersection.com. And if you register with my code, Bell, B-E-L-L, -L, you could get a discount. See you there. And we're back. And we were just talking about some of the experiences Sherry's had by creating web components. Um, positive, negative, middle of the road. How's it going for you? Well, I personally love it. And I say that it's, it's totally truly positive. And I have a couple of reasons for it. 
One reason is that when I was working my previous job, I was working uh, at a company with multiple, uh, actually, development team in, in our company. And it was across the countries. And each of these uh, teams, they were using their own frameworks. It was Rio, it was React, it was Angular, it was AngularJS. We had a lot of kind of a uh, project that they were in AngularJS and they were migrating to Angular as well. So it was a, uh, yeah, it was pretty big chaos, we can say. And, <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, in the other hand, we had our brand guideline that ap- our application was supposed to look and feel the same, no matter that which of the applications that the end user is using, it was supposed to look and feel the same. And as a result of that, we had multiple, in multiple teams, they were creating the same component, the same, uh, let's say that login form in a 10 different way of doing it. And it is almost impossible to have the same look and feel. And the reason for that was exactly that the choose of frameworks that people they had. So when I heard of um, web component, I was very curious because to me, that was basically the solution to all of this craziness and madness. And, and also you can say that I, it was, to me, it was really not so smart that we were all doing almost the same thing. Instead of that, having one component and reuse it everywhere, we had to redo it all and all over again. So that's why that I found that this project was really useful for us. And I tried to adopt it. I tried to, to do it. And as working at a big company, it was, of course, not so easy to convince everyone. <laughs> and to be fair, while I was there, we didn't have any uh, kind of that web component in the production. It's it happened after I left the company. <laughs> but, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> the fun part is that I, I received an email, uh, something like a, one month after I left the company, and it was one of my colleagues from Sweden that he just said that, yeah, we had finally the, the, the everything in production. And uh, so the good side of that is you had you had a positive impact on them when you were there. They just waited till you left to actually do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, <right>? exactly. <laughs> but I'm, I'm super happy um, because it um, it was really kind of interesting uh, kind of journey for me as well that to try to actually to push it that the people they they use it. You know, I, I found it interesting because uh, I've worked on several products where we did web components, and some of them were oh gosh, five six years ago now, mm. and. My experience wasn't as positive because I kept on finding it was difficult to get the components to actually integrate with other frameworks. For example, yes. I had one project where we were using React and we wanted to consume the web component. And another one we were using Angular, JS at the time, to consume the component. And then a third where it was just straight up PHP trying to use these. And it wasn't like the promise of it seemed like they were all just going to integrate. Like we wanted these components to work in all these three different environments. But we kept on having issues getting the data binding to work with Angular, getting them to work right with React. And uh, PHP didn't really have any issues with them because it was just straight up HTML. But, uh, and then we had to decide between Polymer and vanilla JavaScript. And quite frankly, it just seemed like too much. I couldn't figure out um, with my team over time what was the right recipe. And it just seemed like, you know what, I'm not sure this is the right approach and it's worth the effort. Um, was that just a moment in time for me from five years ago and it's much better now? Or 
uh, I would say that this is better now, uh, slightly better. Um, but there are actually multiple projects that is going on that they were talking about best practices. I agree. Documentation and best practices are not there yet. And I was talking to um, a good friend of mine that he's, where he, he is working on a very big project. Uh, and it's actually, they don't use any frameworks there as well. And it's only web components with the state management that they created on their own. And, and then he was also talking about that we are having a big issue that we don't know that the approaches that we are taking, they are the right one or not. And uh, we are working around, for example, there is a still not a very good, best, uh, very proper recipe for uh, actually testing your web components yet. Uh, I was talking to, actually, I, I reached out to Gleb from Cyprus, uh, Cyprus IO. And yeah, Gleb, uh, I can pronounce his last name. Yeah, <laughs> same here. Yes, Gleb, we've spoken yes. before, yes. Yes, <laughs> that, uh, that he also mentioned that they're still having problems with having, when you have nested shadow DOM, they still have problems to, to properly testing them. So, gotcha. so everything is still not there. But I would say that they, they come, I mean, it, it's improving. And, you know, and, Gle- and Gleb would know because Gleb, as you mentioned, runs the Cypress IO uh, testing tools and he's also quite brilliant. Uh, a lot of yes. stuff he's put out there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yes. Yeah, the, the time I did it, I remember one of the big concerns I had was I was in a meeting and we had gotten in contact with one of the people on the Chrome team, one of the people on the Angular team, and then one of the people on the Polymer team. And we were meeting to discuss how to make all these things kind of work together. And when this happened, the, what really struck me was that the conversation felt like it had never happened before. Mm. Uh, and I'm like, okay, that's not a comfortable feeling for me <laughs> on the other end going. <laughs> and granted, this was many years ago, but still I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe I don't want to be on the bleeding side of this one, you know? Yeah, I, I see what you say. There is still some problem, for example, like that we still don't have like a scoped uh, component that if you have two um, shiny dash button that you don't know that browser which of them is going to use. Um, so that's kind of that. This is still, I would say that in a bigger project, it can be an issue. Uh, but normally people go for their own naming conventions. You now flipping the gears a little, uh, just looking at like who can use them. I'm up on the Can I Use website and I put the link in the show notes for everybody. And looking up custom elements, and I hadn't looked here for a while, but if you're not familiar with the site, green denotes that the that it's supported in the browser, red means it's not, and then there's some colors in between. I think it's like pea green or something, which is kind of in the <laughs> middle, <laughs> which means like maybe, I don't know. Uh, and on this list, it looks like all major current browsers support it, but the one that struck me that didn't is Edge. Uh, Edge version 18, it says does not, but 76 does. Um, I'm not familiar with that side. Have you used or tried to use uh, uh, yes. yet? Yes, there is also another one that you can go is that uh, webcomponents.org. That mm-hmm. also have a proper graph of that, what is supported where. And you can see that Edge is still not supporting everything. But the good news is that the, the Edge, which is a branch of the Chromium, and right now is in beta, is supporting everything. 
And gotcha. and then uh, as I I was just talking with uh, with uh, with some of my friends in um, in the um, W3C, and they said that the the, the kind of that the the plan is that Edge and Chrome they are going to have the own their own kind of a cycle in future uh, after Edge is going to uh, be fully released. And so I assume this is be- partially because of Edge and Chrome sharing the same underlying technology now. Yes, exactly. Because right now, especially everything for the web components normally go, as far as I know, maybe I'm wrong, but as far as I know that everything first go on the, under the flag in Chrome and what is going to be tested and then it's going to be released. So in future, you can, you can I assume that those features, they might also be available in, in Edge to test it as well. Yeah, it's a great chart that you, you share with us. I put that in the show notes now too. It looks like according to this chart, Chrome, Opera, Safari, Firefox, and Edge all support um, HTML templates, custom elements, Shadow DOM, and ES modules, with the only exceptions of Edge having custom elements and Shadow DOM, which are need polyfills right now but are developing. But the good news is that those polyfills are actually really good today. Are they? Yes, How, they you, are. So you've used those? Uh, yes, I used it in, in my previous project when I had to actually have a support for IE11. <laughs> So let me kind of flip the gear and again a little bit. Uh, Warwick, you've created a lot of really large enterprise types of apps. Um, that's what your company does. And you recently just ended a big project, right? Well, it never ends. <laughs> I know that feeling. So in a project like that, you all used Angular, if I'm not mistaken. Um, let's say that that company called you up and said, hey, you know, we want these things to work, whether it was Angular, React, et cetera. Um, how would you approach that kind of a thing? This is for either one of you. Well, um, you asked me. So actually, I was going to ask Sherry a question, which is very much along the lines where you're headed there, John. But it's, it, it kind of goes like, like, what would you build with a web component? Because the only things that I can see would be widgets, and I don't build widgets. Now, what am I missing? Well, most of people they are considering that the best candidate for the web components are going to be the leaf components. Um, but I believe that it's not only the leaf component. That's why that I came up with the idea of having the login, because you can have a more bigger feature that is going to be almost the same in the other projects. But it, it of course, it, at the end is going to be depends on what project you are using. Uh, actually, you, you are building is your is your case study that does it need to have the bigger components? Uh, that is going to be shared across the different teams or not? And well, I, well I, l- l- let me back up for a second. Um, let me put it to you more directly. Like I, most of my applications go get data, they log in, they ha- they talk to each other, they navigate from one thing to another. So I've got a kind of a routing mechanism in there. Or just has one big component in his entire right, application. I have one big. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I mean, uh, there's not, you know, nothing I build is going to be shared with anybody else. Mm -hmm. Nobody's interested in my, uh, you know, the the, the component I use to put, you know, to gather the employee information, uh, except my application. That's not something that I could hand to you, Sherry, and say, hey, you're going to love my employee data. You're not. It's useless. Uh, So, uh yeah, I got some widgets in there, things that that do a better job of getting the birth date or something like that. But 
But uh, most of my stuff is application stuff. If I'm trying to build an application, how would I even imagine doing that with a web component? Yes, I I see what you're what actually what you're trying to tell me that you basically say that you don't have those reusable you don't need that reusability. You don't need to kind of to share those components with the other team. So you have one application and it's going to be everybody is going to use Angular. So does it work? I mean, should should I actually use com- web components there or not? I still say yes. Ooh, I, I love it. Go for it. <laughs> Sell me. And, and the reason that I, I say yes is that the, the thing is that the compo- if you create your component as a web component, you're going to basically write slightly closer to what browser are actually uh, are reading and understanding. So you can say that web components are the, basically the very low-level APIs from browser. So you're trying to use their ability to build your comp- to build your application. So as a result of that, you're going to have a slightly higher performance, and uh, especially the f- the kind of that the first render is going to be slightly faster. And I haven't still talked about uh, lit HTML actually. Uh, are you familiar with lit, lit element actually project? Uh, no. I am. Um, have you used that word? No, I don't even know what it is. I don't even know how to spell it, but that's me. Lit, I think we're talking about lit HTML, L I T HTML. Yes. I'll put a link into the show but, notes for folks. Yeah, but before we jump into there, you know, something basic. I got, let's suppose I've got, let's make it simple. I've got, Data that I want. I have that employee data I want to handle. You know, ha- hand around, and I have to be able to save and and authenticate and all that stuff. Where does that sit? Where does that code sit? How does it? How does it get passed around, created, and passed around? Well, you can create it. I mean, it, it depends on that. How are you going to architect your application? And um, when you create a, a kind of a. a any of these web components, you can you can try to have it on npm package, and import it and use it. Or if it's going to be in the same project, so it's going to be one of the ES6 modules inside your project. You just call it and use it. How does my com- web component gain access to the employee data? How does it get it? How do I get ah? The you mean data? that the else ah okay. Oh, I, sorry, I got, I got you. So you want to have a stateful component? Yeah, yeah, I've got. I mean, that's what my app, my applications are stateful. So the thing is that there are there are also that that also goes back to that the best practices, which I'm not sure that if uh, if what I'm telling you is going to be the best practice. So I would go if I wanted to build an application like that, I would try to actually pass the data to that one or or slightly past the URL that is going to fetch the data to that one, to, to my component. So it's going to be uh, my employee component, and then it has an input, which is the, the, date, the place that the URL that is going to fetch the data, and I pass it along, and it, it will get it and then load it. Okay, so I guess my challenge is to understand how I would architect the thing, an application, in which the components were web components, but I was still able to deal with all the non-visual stuff of my application in some way. Would, would and, that? Would there be a separation there? Would you make the web components only be visuals, almost like 
think of the container presenter type pattern where the web components would be your presenters, but anything that has any kind of logic or statefulness or awareness of the app would not be web component? I mean, where do you draw that line? Well, I would I would say that if I wanted to, let's say that go with a framework and I wanted to have my Angular component, I mean, my web components use them in an Angular component, I would still go case by case. Where, for example, if I wanted to see that, um, let's say that that employee that Ward wants to build, if I wanted to, to make that one in a reusable way, as I mentioned to you, I'm going to have the whole component as a as a some uh, some sort of a stateful component, and I will build everything there um, inside that as a different widget can be also web components that I'm going to add it, or I'm going to even try to use the slots in my component, which as uh, are you familiar with the slots? I I think I know what a slot is, but I but you're welcome to tell us. So, so the slot is also coming with um is one of the web standards that, as far as I know, most of the the frameworks they're also using that. In Angular, we have something like a content projection, which is basically slots. So let's assume that you have a tab, and any of those uh, content that you're going to display in each tab. It can be a placeholder, and you can pass anything in that. So, which and that when I say anything, that it can be another web component that you you give you uh, you actually you pass there. In that way, you're going to give ability to the user that is going to use your component to orchestrate and put whatever that they want inside that tab. So let's say that it can pass the component A one time, and then in the other use case, it can pass the component B. So your actually your list of employee can also contain some of these slots, and you can pass different components there. And sometimes some of those components can be stateful, as we discussed. Some of them, they can be stateless. I always say that it depends on the situation. I'm going to use the, the base scenario. When I draw my components on the wall, try to kind of find out how I build this one. As much as I can, I can actually, I, I can. I'm going to use a stateless components and then I put the logic in one of the, the components in top that is going to pass the data down. So I'm going to have as much of a stateless component as possible in my application all right I, I can i can imagine that what what kinds of things have you uh and i don't i'm not asking for you to tell me that you've built an entire inventory system i'm just kind of wondering what <laughs> kinds of things you you have um tried out that look sort of application like with this web component what you've done with it and yeah what have you tried so i actually um the Lists are always normally really good examples. And of course, any of those um, leaf components, whenever that I mentioned to you that those uh, design guidelines, when we have a branding system, that we have to have something like the material design library. So any of those list, list compon- leaf components definitely are the good options to be web components. And then later on, I would just try to see that... Um, Wherever that I have the least 
framework dependency, then I would go and have, have them as a web component. So our original title of this episode was Will Web Components Replace JavaScript Frameworks? Let's go to an ad from a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back to answer that. Are you building a web application? Need to deliver it soon and don't have the people to do it? Maybe you're not sure your company has the skill set or experience to do it. And maybe we can help. I'm your host, Ward Bell, and my day job is building applications for companies like yours. I don't do it alone. I'm president of IdeaBlade, a consultancy that specializes in enterprise web application development. We're particularly strong in Angular, RxJS, NGRx Redux on the front end, and .NET Microsoft technologies on the server. We're a small, tight-knit group of people handpicked by me for their expertise, experience, integrity, and team spirit. Maybe we can help you with architectural guidance and hands-on development. And if there's something we don't know, and in our field, really, there's too much to know, we can draw on our personal connections in the Microsoft RD, MVP, and Google GDE networks, as well as our international circle of really great developers, people we know and trust personally. If you've got a project that's keeping you up at night, shoot us an email at info at ideablade.com. That's info at ideablade.com. And now back to the show. And we're back. Ward Bell, you get the ultimate deciding factor here. <laughs> Will web components replace all JavaScript frameworks today? Oh, I, why do I get? No, I mean, Sherry's here <laughs> to tell us that it could happen. I am, you know, I'm like, I can't imagine how that could work because all, what's racing through my mind is all the things that I do that I kind of alluded to. Um, that I don't think web components helps me with. Uh, I mean, I see how they can help me use a very vanilla HTML approach, HTML JavaScript approach to, to put stuff on the screen, but that's only one of my many, many problems. And I've got so many problems, we like, don't dare list them. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so, I sense a bit of pun going on here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm trapped by my ignorance on that. And so naturally I say, no way, give me my framework. But um, Sherry, I, I hear your enthusiasm. And so I want to hear why I should just chill and, and learn. Well, the thing is that to, to be honest, I also don't think that in kind of that very close future web components are going to be any replacement for the for the frameworks but i would say that the trends have uh, hopefully is going to be that we are going to use more of more, more and more web components inside our projects and um, one of the good examples that i would say that frameworks we see little frameworks is that um, state management and uh, Rotor and all of the toolings that frameworks are, are providing us, um, they are not always easy to to kind of that to build it for each project. So I personally still would need a frameworks to provide those things for me. I know there are a lot of people that they would disagree with me, and um, but I still say that by working at the big projects and having a lot of developers in in a different a kind of le a skill level, and especially by, by having a lot of consultants that they coming and going through the projects, I would really need to to have a 
to be honest, an opinionated framework that provides one way to do this stuff. I know you can create your own router, but uh, who is going to maintain that after you leave the project? Oh, so. that's so much fun, though. John will do it. John's the king of... Uh, oh. Heck no. Uh, how many, how many yeah. open source re- repositories do you have, John? Mm, too many, too many. Uh, as I, I have as many as Ward has problems with Star Wars. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. Well, then we both need a couch. You know, I, I agree. I agree with you, Sherry. I feel like uh, web components have a place, I, I, but I feel the way I would describe it is they are just another tool, not just another tool, but they're, they're a good and valuable tool that you put it in combination with the other tools you have, such as whatever framework you happen to be using at the time. Um, I don't think I would write an entire application with Web Components. I know I wouldn't, and not today. Just, you know, we can fight on Twitter if you like about this, but I wouldn't, <laughs> right? Um, but if somebody said, hey, let's build a new application and let's use Web Components to help use the parts that are utterly reusable, uh, I'd be game for for figuring that out as long as, we had, uh, you know, figured out the the CI pieces of it where they're actually gonna be reused, because um, that and that's a whole other discussion, right, guys? Where people say, "Oh, we better make this reusable," and then you're like, "Why?" And they're like, "Well, because maybe someday someone will want to reuse it," <laughs> and you're like, "Well, when the heck is that gonna happen?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so where I've seen. The uh, kind of a compelling argument for this, and the, and the reason why there seems to be a lot of interest in Angular. Do tell in, us, Ward. In web components, see if you agree here, Sherry. Yes, I will tell. Is and that's enough for today. We'll come back next week to talk. Of, no, um, <laughs> you can't leave us hanging. Don't <laughs> <hangers> in podcast. <laughs> oh no, no um, is um, uh, being able to create an island of functionality. Like an Angular, uh, you know, that may have been written in Angular or something like that, and then wrap it in a web component and completely bury whatever the specificity of your framework is. It just becomes a it, your, the the sort of micro application becomes a widget that can be dropped into somebody else's um, application. So maybe it's a chatbot or maybe it's a, a stargazing. <laughs> I don't know what it is in email. I don't. That's, yeah. You know, you lied you know, to me, didn't you? You tell yeah, me you built a lot of banking apps and financial apps. No, I build horoscope apps. <laughs> and there are, you know, and there's a surprising number of people who want my horoscope web component um, inside the React app. And, the, and, and so, uh, but really, you know, I mean, there's often things, um, uh, you know, I would like um, address verification and, uh, where it goes and looks it up and it shows you where that address might be as you sort of type it in. You know these these things these things that could be really complicated. There could be entire or or God, I don't want to say the word SharePoint, so I won't. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the, it, <laughs> but the vision there was you had this sort of uh, you know um, uh, desktop or something, and you could drop little things in there and uh they would all somehow inter- integrate and you'd have a lovely um uh, uh console for your business that people could float through and you want people to be able to develop those islands of functionality however they want to do it and then be able to boop drop them in somewhere and uh i think that's kind of the vision for angular elements is isn't it in in, in as much as particularly if they can get the size of an individual one down 
small enough. It kind of an Angular element kind of looks like a web component, doesn't it? Yeah, Angular element. Um, you 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 will your end result is going to be web components, and and I know that with Ivy and the tree shaking methodology that we have, so it's going to reduce the size of it. But um, but but that's what I was just actually telling you that uh, earlier that we have lit elements. That lit elements they they allow you to create the web components and the size is going to be super tiny. And that's also a project that comes from Polymer team as well. But but it's a kind of that it, it's it has nothing to do with Polymer. So it's a totally different project and and it um Later on, when I uh, earlier on, when I mentioned that if you want to create a web component with a vanilla JavaScript or TypeScript, you have to take care of all of those callbacks on your own. So Lit Element provides you all of those things. So it allows you to create all of those uh, components that you were mentioning, uh, that they are the best candidates to be the any of the open source projects that with Lit Element and with a very few line of code. I, um, with Anna Sidre, actually, we, once we gave a talk about web components and we, we a step by step told people that, so this is exactly how you would create it in without any frameworks. This is how you could actually create it with, uh, Angular elements. And then this is how you would create it in Blitz element. And then you could see that the the result of lit element is super tiny, and the lit element has a fantastic change detection. Many people they actually they compare that one with the JSX Virtual DOM, but the difference between that is that Virtual DOM all the time is going to make the diff, so it can add in, it can bring you a lot of overhead. Whereas with the lit element, the change detection is going to be that is going to update. Only that tiny bit of your DOM that has been changed. So the, it boosts up your performance so much. So it's not, in my opinion, it's not web components is not only because of the reusability. The reusability is a good point of actually good use case of that one. But if you have a UI heavy, um, you can say that UI heavy application, those change detection is going to well, actually you you boost up your performance so so much by using that change detection. Yeah, it's really fascinating. I mean, there's so many new technologies to look at these days, and clearly, web components has come a long way. Uh, we put a lot of great notes into the show notes today, but something you pointed out earlier when we were talking is how much uh, you energy you put into the communities that you drive, whether it's NG Spain or it's uh, NG Vikings or it's the NG Copenhagen meetups. But you also do some things for some other groups, some nonprofits. Um, can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, one of the projects that I recently uh, got involved in it is called Hack Your Future, which is a 100% nonprofit organization that helps underrepresented groups and specifically refugees to get into the job market as, the, as a front-end developer. Um, so I'm involved in the Copenhagen chapter of that project, and I'm the vice chairwoman of the board. And what we do here, which I find it amazing, is that a group of front-end developers that they are volunteer, they come dedicate almost every Saturday, couple of hours on the Saturday, 
um, that teach developer, teach uh, potential developers um, how to actually use the JavaScript, and and then we have a seven months of intensive course, and at the end of that, we are going to help also our students to get internship job or a full time job, and. I am proud to say that in 2018, uh, we could get a full-time job for 28 of our graduates. Wow. Yeah. So what I want actually that, um, that tell um, your audience that uh, go and find out the project like this uh, in your city. Uh, with that couple of hours that you dedicate uh, for for example, let's say that one month, two hours every Saturday, you can totally change of somebody's life forever. Uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's something we have to check <laughs> out for sure. I mean, I've heard of Hack Your Future before. Uh, I don't know if one of our other guests had mentioned it as well, or if we maybe you and I have talked about it in the past, Sherry. I guess you met them at Angel Vikings. Oh, yes, yes, that's where it was. <laughs> was that also the same people that our good friend Dan Walling worked with? Yes, Dan Wallen actually he he uh, he held a full day TypeScript workshop for everyone uh, oh, for that students. Guy. Yeah, and sir, he isn't even here today to be a host with uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, that's right. I remember he told me about that. He uh, went and spoke on TypeScript and taught them TypeScript for a day. Yes, and also at the Andrew Vikings, if you remember that we had a. But we had a booth with the students because they did a, they had a lot of uh, recently a lot of uh, IoT workshops with uh, one of my friends here Lars Knussen uh, that uh, he held a lot of IoT workshop for them so they were there at NG Vikings demo uh, showing their demo and actually teaching other people how they can build those demos which which you could see that how proud they were when they were wow. demoing that's pretty cool. Ward, have you done anything with uh, Hack Your Future or any of these other groups? Well, uh, I, gosh, I'm so ashamed because I really want to. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, now that I am <clears throat> nearing a break in my uh, professional career, it might be a good time. Um, but I don't think that's what uh, our listeners should, our listeners should be thinking about how they can do that while they're also active in their careers. Uh, I did notice that Hack Your Future is, uh, the current chapters seem to be mostly in Europe, but there's one in North America at, in Canada, in Toronto, and there seems to be a recipe for how to build them else, build chapters elsewhere. Um, so, uh, maybe it's time to build such a thing, uh, in the U.S. Uh, for those of our U.S. listeners. True. I know that, um, they also exist in Colombia, in Medellin. Ah, see, it's not just what it says on the home homepage there. So that's cool. It would be great to be part of something like that. So I, I got to get off my duff and get out there. Sherry, it was really great uh, talking with you this week. And you've got a lot of great tips here for everybody inside the show notes. But if you had one final tip to leave everybody uh, on web components and JavaScript frameworks, what would that be? Um, what I wanted to, to mention is that there is another website. It's called Open dash wc.org if I remember right um, and you can when I, I mentioned that we don't have many of the uh, best practices there but this is uh, one of the websites that uh, there are a lot of volunteers that are trying to gather a lot of best practices so I would just say that uh, um, follow the news follow what's happening in the web component world and then have this website actually under your radar that if you 
don't see the use case just like work, that you don't see the use case today, how to use it, but maybe soon you're going to find one of those use cases. And you can see that a lot of those problems that they are exist today, as I mentioned, that like that not a good practices, best practices for the testing and those things, they are going to be solved soon. Excellent. And Word, do you have a final tip for our audience? Well, you know, I, one of our good friends uh, on the Angular team is Kara Erickson, and I don't think we've mentioned her. Or if we have, we should do it again because she's one of the best developers I've ever met. Uh, we really need to get her on the show someday. Uh, she's a terrific presenter as well. I, uh, she presents often at NGConf. And I'm going to put her um, Twitter account in here. Um, she goes by Kara for the win, which I think is funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, 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 she's, the, she's the real deal. She's got, she's got it all. And she's leading <clears throat> one of the lead developers on the complete rewrite of the Angular I don't want to call it the complete rewrite. The new version <clears throat> of the Angular renderer, which is called Ivy, we've mentioned a couple of times. And um, yeah, she's definitely a person to follow. Excellent. And something I wanted to, to point out here too is that there's a lot of these great technologies and we hear a lot from a lot of our audience, uh, even on Twitter, how do you keep up with a lot of this stuff? And my biggest tip, honestly, is don't try to. Uh, there's too much stuff out there to try to keep up with all the time. And you just let us do it for you? Is that yeah, it? Just listen to our show. Oof. There you go. You know, it's one of those things where if there's a need and you have time, or you know, if you have both of those, that's the perfect nexus. But if you have a need and there isn't time, sometimes you got to look into it as well. But the things that are really important for me and keeping my own sanity are when I see technologies flying by all the time, but I don't yet have a need and I don't have time. That's the ones I'm like, you know what? I could go play with my kids or go out to dinner with my wife or I could go learn that technology. And when you put it like that, it's like, hmm, you know, what am I going to do? Uh, and to me, that's, that's really important is not looking at, yeah, wow, that's a really important technology to learn because uh, in a vacuum, everything's cool. But compare it next to the things that you could be using that time for. Uh, and to me, that's the best way I've kept my own sanity doing development all these years. So that is my tip for everybody. Don't say yes all the time. Sherry, thank you so much for coming on the episode today. And we may not have answered the question of will they replace frameworks, but because uh, I think we kind of said it depends in some ways. <laughs> but uh, hopefully you all got a good use out of this episode, and we'll see you every Tuesday morning on Real Talk JavaScript. Thanks for listening to Real Talk JavaScript. This show and all of our shows are available at www.realtalkjs.com with links and notes. John and Ward would love to hear what you think, especially about potential guests and topics for future shows. Follow and send them a message on Twitter at RealtalkJS. <laughs>